Alistair Roberts, my guest on this edition of the Music Meets Pocket Podcast with me, Magica. Alistair Roberts, singer-songwriter, folk artist and prolific collaborator, based in Glasgow and touring internationally. Alistair has worked with Drag City Records since 1997, firstly releasing albums under the name of Appendix Out and more recently under his own name. He's also released music on labels such as Secretly Canadian, Galaxia and Stone Tape Recordings. His work mainly consists of self-written songs and interpretations of traditional songs and ballads from Scotland and beyond. Alistair has collaborated widely with many different musicians, as well as puppeteers, filmmakers, and most recently, a poet. He's also a member of the English-Scottish folk quartet, The Furrow Collective. Interesting fact, Alistair was born in Swabia, Germany, to a German mother and a Scottish father, but was raised in a hamlet called Kilmahog, yes. which is an amazing name for a hamlet. Kilmahog. Yes. Yeah, that's where I grew up. It's near the town of Calendar in, uh, in Perthshire. I just, it's such a great... Does it mean something in, in Gaelic? It means the cell of St. Chug, or Chug, I don't know, a Celtic saint name. Oh, I'm disappointed. Nothing to do with hogs. No, no nothing to do with hogs. <laughs> Although the, uh, the Furrow Collective's new single is called Wild Hog in the Woods, but it's nothing to do with Kilmahog. Okay, well, you have to take it to Kilmahog anyway. It can be a kind of touristy theme tune. Come to Kilmahog and kill a wild hog. Um, it's great to have you on the podcast. What's your first choice? This first track is by Ivor Callan, and it's called Turnips in My Trousers. <laughs> well, of course it is. <laughs> That was Ivor Callin with Turnips in My Trousers. Great name. Um, we didn't listen to the whole thing, actually. It's 22 minutes long. We had a good taste of it. And then we started talking about all how it came to be and it, his influences and where he's coming from. And so we thought, let's get talking about it straight away. So tell me a little bit about, about him. Well, Ivor Callan, he's a London-based artist. He's a musician and poet and uh, improviser chiefly. But he's originally from Glasgow. I think he's lived in London for about 30 years, though. And I, I just came to know Ivor through doing gigs in, in London, mostly at Cafe Otto, places like that. This particular piece is from, a, I think it's kind of self-released disc called A Wee Dog Stole a Harry Bone, Pibroch viola improvisations and um, the notes say these viola improvisations are inspired by the classical Scottish pibroch bagpipe tradition with the vocal canteracht accompanying the melody if you can call it that 
Um, the recordings are live either from Smooth Cave near Durness or in my pre-decorated bedroom. I can't quite remember. Yeah, so that's uh, Ivor Callan. Great. So tell us a little bit about, um, so it's the bagpipe tradition, right? He's playing a yeah. viola and, and singing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've written down here, actually, uh, a few things. It made me think of whale song right. or like there was something very animalistic about it. Uh-huh. And it also reminded me a little bit of a Japanese gagaku, this kind of very ancient ritualistic music. But I think why is because it sounds wild, but it's very formally constrained. Uh-huh. Like you feel that there are limitations about which notes he's using and which ornaments he's using and everything so I'm interested to know a little bit more about that yeah I feel like you can feel a tension in, in Ivor's interpretation of Pibroch between the, the traditional form of it and his own kind of improvisational and experimental impulses you know you can feel that he's absorbed the form of Pibroch and has clearly listened to a lot of it but maybe hasn't studied it formally and mm. he's kind of taking his impressions of it and trying to expand the form. So, sorry, I'm, I'm an ignorant Englishman. Pibroch is the tradition of bagpipe playing, is it? Well, it's refers to a specific style of uh, Highland bagpipe music. It's kind of regarded as the classical music of the Highland bagpipe. It was kind of developed in the Middle Ages in the courts of the, the Highland kings. Ah, well, that's interesting that I've written down gagaku because Japanese gagaku is Japanese court music. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, the origins of Pibroch are very courtly, you know, um, tend to be very long pieces based on a theme, a ground, which is called the urlar, and then that kind of repeats, and every time it repeats, there it develops with... Um, increasing ornamentation it kind of like spirals in on itself which I suppose it has some affinity with other Celtic art forms you know Mm. you look at the Book of Kells or something you know to me it seems like a musical equivalent of that Wow, super interesting. He's clearly recorded it in a space, and I think the space is very important to him. You can mm-hmm. hear that. Uh, it doesn't make for the most easy to listen to piece of music, I think, because that reverb is a bit kind of very present, but it certainly places it. You know, it feels really like he's captured a moment in time. I mean, it is partly improvised from what I understand. Yeah, I'm not sure where he recorded it, actually. I mean, there's some ambiguity here, uh, whether he did actually record it in Smooth Cave or in his bedroom I'm not totally <laughs> sure yeah but Ivor and I and uh, a drummer called Alex Nielsen are going to be doing a gig together in May in Glasgow at the Fruit Market um, as part of um, a Tectonics Festival it's a sort of a new music festival that happens in Glasgow and we've played together as a trio one time in London in Cafe Otto and, and uh, yeah looking forward to that Great. How did it go when you put these different people together? Well, we I've played with Alex for a long time, you know, over 10 years, and uh, neither of us had played with Ivor before. I, I'd known Ivor for a long time. I'd known him for maybe about five years, but we'd never played together. And the first time we played together was about 15 minutes before we went on stage, you know, at Cafe Otto, and uh, it just seemed really surprisingly easy to just find something to you know to find a way to make sort of meaningful music together mm. felt like that to me anyway so was it mainly improvised music or were, were there any pre-written songs for that set it was uh, mostly my songs maybe some traditional songs and there, but there was one uh, kind of weird irish uh, masonic song that we performed as well it was mostly my songs in that instance mm-hmm. but i think the performance that we do in may will be more improvisational you know be a lot freer Okay, great. I was interested as well in how he blends the viola with the voice. 
Mm. That's fascinating to me. There are quite a lot of cellists now who accompany themselves. We had Laura Moody, we've spoken about on a previous podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, but viola, of course, is occupying kind of similar territory because he sings quite high. So we're in the same kind of range. Mm -hmm. that, that must be fun, I think, to kind of find a way to poke through the frequencies, you know, because the, the way he sings in this particular piece is, is very viola-esque. He's hitting the same kind of, you know, quite reedy uh, frequencies, mm -hmm. I think. I think there's something kind of cantorial about his singing yeah. as well. You know, maybe that's his uh, Jewish uh, heritage coming through there. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I get that feeling from from his mm -hmm. vocal style. You know? Yeah, it's an interesting combination, the the Jewish and the Scottish. You know, yeah, love that. We're all kind of mixing métissage, as we call it in French. Great. Okay, let's move on to my choice. I have picked a track, actually, that you are singing on, although today's the first day that me and Alistair have actually met in person, thanks to the wonders of the internet. Uh, this is a track by Kerry Andrew, who's a previous guest on the podcast, her project You Are Wolf, and the piece is called Doves. Have a listen to it, and you might understand why it's called Doves. Dream if you can Violets in blue How can you leave me standing Alone in a world that's so That was Doves by You Are Wolf featuring Alistair Roberts. Um, you were just saying you felt that you sounded very young on that? Yeah, I mean, it must have only been about three or four years ago, but I feel like maybe I've aged a lot. <laughs> I feel like my voice sounds quite different now. And Kerry's, Kerry's singing is so beautiful on that. Yeah. Yeah, one thing we should probably explain here is that nowadays you can work with people without ever meeting them, which is a strange experience. I love it. So what happened here was we came up with the idea of covering When Doves Cry by Prince. Kerry's album was all about birds. Every track was about a different bird or birds. So we thought, okay, what can we do about doves? Um, so we started kind of building the track, uh, layering it up. A lot of the vocals, it's very sneaky, but they're actually words for dove. So you have tuzu. I don't know where that comes from, but it's it's not a foreign word. I think it's an old English word for dove. Tuzu. So she goes tuzu, tuzu, tuzu. And there's duffin, duffin, 
Duffin, duffin, duffin, duffin, duffin. Right. So a lot of the, those uh, vocal sounds were chosen just to be a kind of a bit sneaky, show that we've done our research. Uh, little clues for those who know their their names for birds. I know that. That's that's pretty interesting. The, the, the level of detail that that involves is pretty fascinating. I think what it is is that we just open the book of birds and think, okay, how do we get inspired? And then we see all these cool words and say, well, it's a vocal based track. We have to use them. Which book was it? Because I've got a uh, Birds Britannica by Richard. Mee. Maybe in Mark Cocker, I think, and that's a great resource for avian stuff. Yeah, well, Kerry is, is queen of birds, so I'm sure she's uh, she's got every book known to man. I'm sure she's got that one. Um, and then we thought, well, it would be nice if there was some other twist on this dove theme. So then we looked into kind of old dove songs, and then we thought, well, wouldn't it be amazing to get Alistair to actually sing on it? And we, we asked you if you knew any dove songs, and you came up with this one. And then you sent a vocal through. Uh, we loved the first vocal you sent through. It's just that you performed it at half speed, so it was really slow. And we said, okay, we could work with this or should we just ask him kindly to do it double speed so then you did it double speed that's the only downside of email communication that would not have happened if we'd been in the same room however we enjoyed we enjoyed both of your vocals and but the thing is like you could probably have, have processed it or you know you can probably do just i mean it's not it's a bit of a mystery to me the current music technology but you could probably have sped up and you know no one would have noticed no. Anything is possible. I think still we didn't want to kind of muck up your voice too much because it sounds so great. So um, so your contribution to the track was this traditional Scottish folk tune, is it? Well, actually, I think, um, there's, I think there's a few different versions of this song or songs that are like it or songs that are floating verses that are like this. Um, like reminds me a bit of 10,000 Miles, a song like that, which Nick Jones did really beautifully and um but i think this one was actually i think kerry actually sent me a recording of bar lives singing it you know the, the bar lives version is the basis of the one that i sang i just recorded it i think here in the flat Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, then we kind of uh, mucked it up to make it sound like it was a sample or some kind of old scratchy vinyl recording and just dropped it in. Um, I think it makes for something really original because you've got all these layers. You've got Prince, you've got Kerry and what she does, and she's doing all these different kind of voices. And then you've got you with your folk song. It, it's, I think it's, I don't think anyone has made this piece before. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it's an interesting kind of uh, assemblage. A kind of collage or something yeah it's interesting collage is very much the word because I, I produced it so I kind of pieced it together and, and I was taking all the different fragments that we'd recorded with Kerry obviously all the layers of vocal it, I think it's entirely vocal yeah I think this one is entirely vocal there were no no drums or, or anything and then I just got all the elements and just pieced them together so it was it was a real treat for me because I had so much nice interesting material to work with very much like a collage uh what do you what do you feel when you listen to the track <laughs> apart from thinking that i sound really young like i think it sounds great you know it sounds beautiful yeah i'm not hugely familiar with prince actually i mean I, i've got friends who are really you know massive fans like stevie jones that i work with quite a lot he plays bass with me he's obsessed with prince you know like it was like his first musical love when he was seven or eight you know I mean, obviously, I'm familiar with the original "When Doves Cry," but it's a it's a beautiful version. Mm. Kerry actually improvised the melody. Normally, I must say, it's a bit of a pet hate of mine when someone says, "I've done a cover version. Uh, let me let me do a cover for you of I don't know Bohemian Rhapsody," and it goes like this: "Is it the real life? Is it just fantasy?" I'm like, "That's not." Bohemian Rhapsody that's a different song with the same words and you can do that but don't say it's a cover version that's also why we didn't call this When Doves Cry it's a new piece called Doves that is inspired heavily by When Doves Cry however 
we tried the original melody and it just was trying to force something, you know, that wasn't really, it wasn't the right mood. That's the point. The words were so beautiful. So we just picked out the words we liked and then Kerry actually improvised the melody and it was one take. We just got the backing track going in a loop and that was one take. There were little bits of, you know, pitchiness and various things. We kept them all in. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that was the way to do it. One take, that's amazing because it's such a strong, confident vocal take. It's mm. really impressive. I think it was one of those moments when you know you've got the right mood. Uh-huh. We were in the right kind of frame of mind. We said, let's try it. Let's get in. She tried one. And she said, oh, shall I try another? And I said, no, we've got it. The only thing we did do, I think, was move it around a bit because as the piece started to get structured and also when we received your vocal, we wanted them to overlap a little bit. And of course, she couldn't do that until she had your vocal. So um, there was a little bit of, you know, moving it around, but there was no editing or comping or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I love the fact she also does a kind of electric guitar with her voice, you know, like kind of a bit random and there's a very very high voice which is actually Carrie's voice and she's not a soprano she's very much an alto so that was her pushing herself as high as she possibly could go and she let out this little kind of squeaky birdie noise at the top uh-huh. yeah good good job and it's really nice to finally meet you it feels like kind of the circle is complete <laughs> it's i love working with people by correspondence but sometimes you feel ashamed because you've never actually met the person so yeah it's a strange process in fact I, I recently um over the past three or four years i've had a sort of musical correspondence with a guy called james green in sheffield and uh, he just asked if i wanted to do some collaboration his idea was that i would just send him vocals and he would do the music but it and it grew from being like a four song project to being like i think we did like 14 songs or something wow. in the end and it turned into an album which is going to be released by a label called clay pipe music this year mm-hmm. it's uh, mostly me singing and, and and music by james that was quite a surreal process as well mm. it's interesting fantastic well you're a serial collaborator like me you have your finger in many pies constantly working with different people uh let's talk about that but let's listen to a track of yours and i think that might also stimulate a bit of conversation around that so this is what's what's the name of this track it was when you went by the name of appendix out right that's right this is called daylight saving gibson street part two another great title we've got good titles today (laughs) okay let's have a listen Thank you. 
So that was Alistair under the name of Appendix Out, and the piece was called Daylight Saving Gibson Street Part 2. Now, you had all kinds of fascinating things to tell me. So first of all, I want to know who that woman is at the start and end. Oh, yeah, there's there's two women speaking there. Well, three women. There's uh, the, the voice uh, on the other end of the phone, which is a German uh, message saying that there's no answer at this number. And then it's my mother saying, all you have to do is dial nine. And then you can, in the background, you can hear her sister saying, order dry, or three in German. Mm-hmm. So it's just from an old, you know, I've got a bunch of old tapes from the 70s of random things like me and my sister singing when we were kids and my dad rehearsing with Dougie McLean, a musician that he used to play with, you know, rehearsal tapes and this... I just made a mini disc loop of this fragment of my. Yeah, you, you were taking me back to uh, technologies gone by. Mm. So you said it was recorded on a four track, yeah. right? It's funny because there's a kind of four track mood, I think, on this piece. It reminds me of stuff I was doing on my four track back in the day. Yeah. You're so limited, and there's a kind of warmth as well to the actual sound of it. And then you have to improvise, like you say, there are loops, but the loops are from the mini disc, right? Yeah, I, I was kind of layering this up. Like I'd always, like, since about 94, 95, I'd been recording on four track tape this is from 2000 this was recorded and I just got a mini disc so I was kind of layering things up with these mini disc loops there must be about five or six different loops there there's there's a fragment of my friend Donald playing the bagpipes which kind of comes and goes and there's there's a piano through a digital delay and there's a cymbal tinkling away and there's my mother (laughs) Oedipal or what (laughs) and there's uh, what else is um okay to have your mum I had my mum clap on a track I produced with the French singer Kemi and when that album did really well and went gold uh, Kemi sent her a gold disc for her clapping so she was very proud well I don't think this record is going to make it gold disc but yeah and there's some kind of synthesizer through a copy cut and then my friend Gareth is doing the singing and um yeah so he, he sings harmony with you right? yeah yeah this was from a very he lives in Japan now he's teaching English in Japan mm-hmm. the classic uh, philosophy graduate job yeah this was a really fertile time this summer of 2000 where I was making this and just experimenting a lot mm. it, was, it was enjoyable I really love it I think it's so evocative it's so contemplative it reminds me of a Sikh mantra they have this kind of ik onka satanam kultaburg and the, the voice is just kind of very few notes very simple text it just goes round and round and round and it sets you up in this really peculiar mood it's really like a mantra i feel like you're singing yourself a mantra that's great yeah i mean it's very contemplative i think uh, <laughs> the world was kind of different then you know um, th- i think things were slower then uh, i think that's reflected in this like um there weren't so many distractions there was no facebook internet wasn't such a big feature in people's life and the fact that this is mostly recorded analog with a bit of digital creeping in and it just reflects this like a different attitude to me uh, to life mm. this area around here Pollock Shields where we are now is uh, there's, a, there's a big Sikh community actually but I don't really know about that music I should probably find out about it mm. uh, I've been quite exposed to it because of uh, one of my collaborators who hopefully I'll pin down and get on a future podcast IndieCore 
I love in the intro and the outro with those female voices and because partly because one's on the phone, it feels a little bit like a free drumming or something. There's something kind of... And of course, it's just a loop, but because everything else is shifting around it, it, it feels very kind of cool and laid back. There's something kind of jazzy about it. I, I kind of like the, the sort of randomness of it, of overlaying all these different loops that are different lengths and they, they kind of... yeah. But somehow, I was kind of su- surprised that it seemed to work in this track because uh, it's, there's so much going on. And I like, I like the kind of ran- randomness that's important yeah. to me. It's, it's quite a funny coincidence because we've just changed the hour for the spring. This is recorded uh, on the Sunday of Easter in 2016. Yeah. So the hour has just changed. So this is our little kind of hymn towards, uh, have we gone into daylight saving or summertime? I don't know. Anyway, an hour has changed yeah, and the piece is called Daylight Savings. I think we've gone out of daylight saving. Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. Okay, so it's like a funeral. We were singing a little hymn. Goodbye, Daylight Saving. See you in six months. And Gibson Street is in the west end of Glasgow, uh, which is, I was living in the west end of Glasgow at that time. I'm now in the south side, but yeah, so I was reflecting the surroundings in the, in the west end of Glasgow as well. Mm. Great. I think what works really well is that the simplicity of the lyrics, because there are so few of them, it's just a couple of words, really a few words. Uh, it means that the voice becomes like an instrument. Um, and then you pay attention to everything that's going on around. If there were more lyrics and the lyrics were constantly changing, I think it might actually get a little bit frustrating because you're singing so slowly. But once you've understood, we were talking just briefly before about minimalism, uh, it's this kind of minimalist listen. You think, okay, I get what's happening here. The lyrics are not really going to change very much. So you just kind of sink into it and listen to it in that way. It's not really a song for me it's a piece it's a what's interesting is the way the the voice works with everything else that's going on yeah i don't really think of it as a song either but it's, it's interesting because i think nowadays people who know my work associate me more with songcraft and songwriting and less with this kind of textural approach that's embodied in this track uh it's probably true that i don't do as much of this kind of stuff as i used to do but do you miss it i suppose i do uh I mean, I, I could do it again. Uh, nothing to stop me doing it again. But I'm becoming increasingly interested in song and traditional song as well. And that, that's a big influence on what I do. Uh, I mean, it has been for a long time. Uh, Great. OK, so just before we wrap up, uh, what are you up to at the moment? What's going on in the world of Alistair Roberts? In January, I went with uh, drummer Alex Nielsen and bass player Stevie Jones to Ireland to start a new record which will be for Drag City and we're going to finish it off this week actually this coming week in Glasgow doing some more overdubs and uh, mixing uh, going into a, a studio in Glasgow again that this album the, this session was recorded analogue as well I just maybe it's because that's how I started out back in the day 20 years ago where I just like working to, to tape yeah. and I thought it would suit this, this music but we'll finish the session in Pro Tools I must admit, when you say analogue, my heart splits in two. Part of it goes, woohoo, analogue, like back in the day, like I used to have to be super creative with my four track and, you know, couldn't really do vocal editing and all of this kind of stuff. And then the other part of me goes, oh my God, what a a nightmare. But then it all depends on the material, because if the material is, you know, like the piece we just listened to, well, absolutely, you're probably going to get a better result by doing it on analogue, because all the limitations force you to just accept what's there. You can't go fiddling around. You can't, you know, work on a fade. Do you want a soft fade or a quick fade or you know you just go with what's there and there's something more like a kind of foundry you know you're kind of hammering out the metal and and, and sculpting what you want I think with, with us in Ireland it was more you know the, the background of a player and Alex is really into sort of 
jazz and free jazz. So I suppose it's to do, to do with kind of capturing the spontaneity of the live take. But um, like I say, you know, nowadays you can you can record analog and then you can digitize it all and edit it later. So yeah. we're kind of cheating in a way. We're doing well. No, let's say best of both worlds. Yeah, best of both worlds. Although Julie McLaren, who recorded the session in Ireland, I think she's she won't touch digital stuff at all. There's not a computer in the studio, and wow. she's she's very. <laughs> I don't know if she'd like me saying this, but she's very dogmatic about it. You know, admirably so. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I think that's admirable. Okay. As ever, if you'd like to get in touch, please do. You can send an email podcast at magica.com or you can just follow me or give me a shout on Twitter at Magica. And to find out more about this podcast and to get show notes where you can listen to and maybe even buy some of the music. Although some of the stuff we've listened to today is a little bit obscure. (laughs) Anyway, enjoy the excerpt and then uh, get on board and you can at least find out who you were listening to by going to magica.com forward slash podcast. Now we always end the podcast with a vocal impro. What do you think is the main theme that we've been chatting about today? Mm, There's so many themes. It's been a very idea-rich, philosophically rich discussion. Yeah. I don't know, randomness? Randomness is good. Should we just go with randomness? Maybe pull out everything that we've been, that we've come up with today. Okay, let's just go for it. I'm I'm feeling, what have I got here? Japanese gagaku. I've got uh, Sikh hymns. I've got whale whale noises. (laughs) And doves, of course, birds. Okay, here we go. Which means repeat, but we're not going to repeat. <laughs> Good job, that was random. Yeah. <laughs>